Today's conversation starts with me sharing one of the ways I deal with the demands of the to-do list, the demands to be productive that would have us all deny, ignore, or avoid being present in our lives and in the world. You're listening to the Joyous Justice Podcast. A weekly show hosted by April Baskin with Tracy Guy Decker. In a complex world in which systemic oppression conditions us to deny others and our own humanity, let's dedicate ourselves to the pursuit and embodiment of wholeness, love, and thriving in the world and in our own lives. It's time to heal and flourish our way to a more joyously just future. Hi, Tracy. Hey there, April. Hi, friend tuning in. Uh, Tracy and I were just touching base and strategizing about what kinds of, what kind of conversation we might want to have for this episode. And Tracy proposed a really wonderful idea. And as she will likely articulate, um, it's quite apropos. And I think it's a, I think it's a evergreen. I think it has evergreen relevance. And also uh, we're at an interesting time of transition right now where from my perspective, it seems like on social media and in different conversations I've heard, a number of things are quote unquote, like going quote unquote back to normal quote unquote, while also people recognize a bit to some extent, in some cases, like what is normal and also things still aren't normal. And the ways we might navigate that internally, there are any number of um, relatively pretty smart ways of adapting. And those smart ways may or may not always be in the service of our alignment with our highest values. And how do we negotiate these different things? And Tracy, I think you have a really great, um, some really great insight and some how to um, tips and insight to share. Yeah. Thanks, April. So what I wanted to talk about is um, that, that circumstance where like, you're really busy and you're going through your day and you have a million things on the to-do list. And like, there's just a lot of stuff that you're thinking about and something happens that maybe really deserves, not maybe that does, that deserves some attention that deserves some response that maybe even elicits some emotional response, but the weight of the to-do list kind of like tamps that response down. Mm. Um, and so you just like, keep going, you know? So you just like, I remember, yeah, you just power through it and it could be something in the world, like a headline that comes across and you're like, Oh, that's sad. What am I going to make for dinner? Or it could be something like in your life too, where you end up Mm -hmm. just, you know, you end up eating at your desk and like, don't aren't even sure what you ate. Right. Like, so it can be like the super mundane things or global things or anywhere in between, but the weight of our pressure to perform and produce kind of, uh, encourages us to tamp down or numb or ignore or not allow ourselves to have, uh, to have feelings, to have thoughts, to have reactions. And 
one of my ways for dealing with this circumstance actually started really in, in 2020 when, I mean, the world was just, (laughs) there was so much reaction. Um, and so what felt like so much badness and, um, and I started baking challah during 2020, during COVID, I started baking bread every week and I had, um, at different points in my life, I had tried to start saying brachot or blessings before I ate. And I never, like, I didn't grow up doing it. And so it was a thing that I'd be like, I'm going to do this now. It'd be like a resolution. I'm going to uh-huh. say brachot now. And then I would quickly forget and just not do it. It wouldn't stick. <clears throat> it didn't stick. Didn't stick. But after mm-hmm. baking challah for uh, many weeks in a row and then saying the motzi, which is the bracha over bread, which translated it, it, it blesses God for bringing bread from the earth. And after having baked bread for, for many weeks in a row saying that blessing and thinking like, but God didn't bring bread from the earth, right? God helped bring wheat from the earth. And then there was a farmer who harvested it. And then there was a miller who ground it. And then I, I, mixed it with water and butter and eggs and turned it into bread. Right. And so it was like a, this deep reminder saying that mostly at some point in 2020 saying that bracha over the bread, I was like, wow, I am co-creating with God, right? God and I brought bread from the earth and those other <laughs> the farmer and the miller and the, you know, like this whole circle of people, we, yeah. we together co-created and plants this. and sun and yeah, all of the, variables. all the things. Yeah. And it, and suddenly like, it wasn't just like, Oh, a thing that I could do, but it actually had this deep meaning about my role. Like relational, this very simple, like everyday thing of eating. And it, mm-hmm. so that experience made the brachot more than just like, oh, it would be nice. In Instead of being something that felt like an obligation or something that I should do, it was something that was like a, a recognition of a truth that felt completely counter to that overwhelming to-do and overwhelming just badness, for lack of a more nuanced um, word for 2020. <laughs> And then that was the first domino for me for what became a much more robust Rahot practice. So that for the, that headline uh, that blessing I, or prayer practice. Yes. Thank you. Specifically mm-hmm. blessing. Actually, I do mm-hmm. have a prayer practice, but right now I'm really thinking about the blessing practice, which is small and contained. Like these it, moments of mindfulness. Precisely. Spiritual mindfulness. Precisely. And mindfulness is the way that I think about it. Mm -hmm. Because whereas I was mindlessly eating, mindlessly uh, like consuming those headlines, the brachot, the blessing, allows me to take a moment and be a bit mindful. So I realized sometime in 2021 or 2022 that I wanted one for that headline of like another person, usually almost always black, but not always a black or brown brutalized by agents of the state. Like I needed a thing that would help give some meaning to that moment. I think I maybe have even mentioned this on the podcast before. And so I Mm -hmm. started saying the bracha that blesses God for enlivening the dead 
at that moment. Um, so when I see a headline come across my newsfeed, or if I read a story or here in Baltimore, unfortunately, you know, there's like a constant count of death by violence in the city. Mm -hmm. Every time I try to stop and say that blessing, blessed is God who enlivens the dead. Not because I believe that that person is going to be resurrected, but so that I'm, I am making a, a small moment that their death Memory. and their life have mm -hmm. meaning mm -hmm. and are moving us toward the future in, in which all lives are treated with that kind of dignity and respect and reverence an image of the divine that we are, mm -hmm. um, instead of, Oh, that's sad. What am I going to make for dinner? And I found I do it. I do it there. I also do it with things just in my life that matter to me. I have uh, something that I say that actually came from Marsha Falk's book of blessing, mm -hmm. um, that I say before and after I exercise her, it, it translates to my soul remembers the holiness of the body. And I add, and I am grateful. And go ahead. And yeah, if you don't, I would like to interject here, if you don't mind that, um, you at times cite Marsha Falk and if you can just take a moment to explain her book, because it was through a personal conversation that we had so that people understand, because I understood it as a book of prayers. And I think that there's a really beautiful and interesting nuance with how she set up that book. If you can explain it for those who are not familiar with Marsha yeah. Falk's work. Marsha Falk's book of blessing is like a suggested new liturgy in English and in Hebrew that actually um, removes direct reference to the divine. Um, it does not start with the blessed are you that traditional, uh, Hebrew prayers start. So, um, the, the, the blessing that I use for exercise, uh, tizkor nafshi et kudoshat haguf, uh, my soul remembers the holiness of the body. That's my translation. That's actually not, mm, uh, Fox translation. Um, it, it is, it was her suggestion for a replacement for the blessing before washing the hands, the ritual washing of hands, which is a blessed are you who commanded us regarding the washing of hands in English. So, uh, Marsha Fox whole enterprise, which she even acknowledges in the book is a little, um, some might think of as ironic, but I actually find it really deeply beautiful for the reasons that I'm using blessings. Yeah as that I'm mm -hmm. describing right now as that mindfulness moment. Um, I find the Hebrew really beautiful. My Hebrew is only so, so, so it's, and that's, and, and the, I think probably the fact that my Hebrew is only so, so is part of what makes <laughs> the sound of the Hebrew, like feel really like special and poetic to me. Um, but even in the English, I find uh, Marsha Fox blessings, like just, deeply beautiful. I use her. I also I use her poetic. She has one for going to bed at night, which I, in English, so sort of sometimes will um, say to myself, she says, um, sleep descending on my limbs, on my lids. I give thanks for the gifts of the day for the gift of this day. I give thanks. That's and beautiful. I use that in English. I love that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. So I, thank you. Thank you for Yeah. No, thanks for reminding me of that because I think it's really important that I don't want listeners to hear this and be like, yeah, I don't like, I don't, I don't jive with the whole God idea God or, or yeah, any I, number of, yeah, it's really what you're talking about is a really nuanced yeah, customized to you. And I, I love what you're sharing because I feel like specifically what you're recommending could be used by other people. And I also think by you explaining these different things, you're modeling what it looks like to be in dialogue with a tradition and find your rhythm and your personal choreography within it. So sorry, please continue. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I, I also want to name, I think I've said this before as well. Like, coffee is super important to me. <laughs> yes, it is. Right? Like I love <laughs> coffee. That first sip of coffee in the morning is just... Y'all, Tracy loves her some coffee. Ooh, this is so no joke. Good. So good. And I really <laughs> wanted... And it was the same with exercise, actually. Exercise is super yes. important to me. It, I don't... Except burpees. No, no burpees. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken the silent bell. Yeah. No burpees. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I really wanted, so I really wanted a bracha for exercise. That's why I've, I found Marsha Fox blessing her washing of the hands. I really wanted a special blessing for coffee. Like the one that is like the one for food is just like, it wasn't enough. It needed its own special bracha, uh, its own special blessing. And so I actually used the one from um, that the traditional blessings upon awakening. One of them says, um, blessed is the one who removes uh, sleep from the eyes and slumber from the eyelids. Um, that's the one I use for my first sip of coffee now. Uh, and I say, I do, I say it in Hebrew again for that same sort of like, for me, it resonates. Um, but what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that. I and I love, love where you keep it. Can you also say like, you don't just oh, say yeah. it in your mind. You also have like a physical reminder. Yeah, I printed out the Hebrew and the uh, uh, transliteration. I, again, my Hebrew is only so, so But I printed out the Hebrew yeah, uh, text. More customization. I love it in my, um, the, the cabinet where I keep the coffee mugs, it's like sort of standing up inside the, uh, and, and so sometimes I'll like start to say it. I've been doing it for a while now. Sometimes I'll start to say it and I'll be like, wait, oh, cause it, I haven't had my coffee yet. I can't remember the words. <laughs> so I open the cabinet and I read it and then remind myself. Um, and I love yeah. it because when I visited you, I loved when I would see the cabinet door open and it would just seeing that post there would remind me whether I was getting a drink or doing something else to pause. And it was, a, it served as a mindfulness. It, I loved that, um, which doesn't always happen for me with other people's practices. And you told the story before she, I love, I just want to note. And um, now that you've shared this, that you're sharing some of the material from a really beautiful lesson that you do about using um, blessings and or prayers, a part of a mindfulness practice. And, and, and so I love that you're giving people a window into some of what we do with our different coaching and learning clients. And um, I just, uh, as you were sharing this insight right now, I, it was fun for me to notice and remember that um, being in your kitchen and seeing that piece of paper inside the cabinet um, really stood out to me and served as a, a mindfulness spell of a different sort. Because I don't drink coffee, but I still, I like, I felt the love and the purposefulness of it. And it was just really lovely. So one of, I love that, like one of our students, I, my invitation with this and the reason I use the coffee and the exercise in addition to the sort of headlines is um, to invite folks to think about like, what are the sort of small gifts that really enhance your life that you could sort of put a, just a tiny little, just a tiny little barrier around it 
so that you don't take it for granted. Like it takes, I don't know, 10 seconds to say the brach. It's not like a, it's not a big thing, but just a small thing to help you kind of remember its specialness. And with that invitation, one of our students decided to start saying a blessing over her diet, Dr. Pepper every day, which I absolutely adored. <laughs> like that was the thing for her. That was like my coffee that like, I forgot that <laughs> a small thing that just made her life better. And she wanted to kind of take just that 10 seconds to acknowledge that. And, um, so anyway, that's, that's my invitation with this is that, that it doesn't have to be a traditional bracha. It can be something you write yourself in your, you know, whatever your, you know, native tongue is. I, and I mean that like in the most, in the broadest sense, like in your words, the way you think to just mm-hmm. be like, this thing matters. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. And I cherish it. Yeah. And, you know, and I would just reflect, I started to name this a little earlier when, um, you were really going that as you're sharing this, as you were sharing this earlier, some things that I would want to reflect back is that I love as you were finding your pl- place within this and figuring out what you wanted to do. Um, particularly when you were telling the Hala story, but also throughout this sort of to me, was a through line between some of the other pieces was this piece about relationship, which in the case of the Hala story felt like it was about your relationship with the divine and looking at the prayer and that it's that God, you know, that the prayer, you know, the, the prayer, the traditional prayer for bread is thinking God for bringing forth bread from the earth and you finding your place within that. And then in uh, some of the other stories you shared too, basically what I'm getting at is there's like this overarching theme. And then I wrote, I wrote down like relational and yourself within it is just like this theme of your relationship with divinity, whether you see that divinity, whether, and, or you see that divinity as external to yourself. And also at the same time, at times also acknowledging your, the divinity within you, um, and anchoring and, and, um, recognizing that through these, um, simple acts that, um, as you said, are, don't take a lot of time, but can punctuate a day with meaning and help us recenter, um, in a really simple, beautiful way. Yeah. Recenter and like, like Fox, the, the blessing that I use, the, the exercise one, I mean, there's a, there's a reason that it resonated for me that my soul remembers the holiness of the body. I think that Western culture, that same culture that piles on the to-dos and the productivity and the, all the stuff, like in, it asks us to uh, completely divorce ourselves. Just be some, to, to some like, extent, not in a large extent, disembodied, like disconnected exactly. from our physical being. Exactly. Like, like just, I mean, it's, it's enshrined in Western philosophical canon. I think therefore I am from Descartes. Right. But that's, yeah. no, that's not, that's not it. That no. is not it. That's uh, one Descartes, thing, but that's not all. It's, it's very, very uh, limited. <laughs> Descartes, De- Descartes thought <laughs> is incomplete. Um, yeah. And, and so Fox reminder, right. Like th- that I have now taken on as my own and I add the gratitude to it um, is, I chose it very specifically, right. As at, to counter that internalized impulse to, to be disembodied. I, I chose to it detached, to counter, to feel numb um, and, and to discount to be on autopilot, the body and mm-hmm. specifically to devalue 
what it is that the body has to offer this existence. Um, as if I have a body that like I could take or leave. Um, right. And, and that's, you know, so, so my soul remembering the holiness of the body, like real, like that, that simple sentence. It's a very liberatory contradiction to multiple sets of messaging we get. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I found it, I think the reason it resonated was it it counters things that I have deeply internalized and need to unlearn. And many of us have. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much. This is so great. If anyone, if you're hearing this and it resonates, feel free to reach out to us and let us know if this inspires you to have a moment of um, mindfulness or loving reverence for something in your daily life, an element of pleasure or nourishment, or just being and existing and the divinity within that, as Tracy just alluded to, we would love to hear more about that. And, and, uh, I would invite you to try it on in a few different ways, you know, feel free to iterate it and give yourself, you know, at least three times and possibly a week or over a month to try to punctuate different moments where that's possible and see how it feels over time. And if you need to iterate, feel free to iterate and let us know uh, if you want and, or just uh, thrive (laughs) as you uh, weave in this beautiful bit of wisdom. Uh, Thank you so much for this for sharing this insight and your practice on the podcast, Tracy, is there anything else you might want to add before we conclude this episode? Oh, no, I'll just say Moda Ani. I am grateful. Thank you. Uh, Likewise. I am deeply appreciative as well. And particularly of this beautiful share that you just gave on the podcast and we will check y'all We'll check you, beloved friend and listener, next week. Much love. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about Joyous Justice LLC, our team, and how you can get involved with our community, check out the info in our show notes or find us at joyousjustice.com. If you enjoyed this episode, show us some love. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Tell your people. Share what you're learning and how your leadership is evolving. Stay humble, but not too humble, and keep going, because the future is ours to co-create.